Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for February 22nd, 2021. It's the birthday of American statesman, soldier, and first president of the United States, George Washington. Washington was born in 1732 in Westmoreland County, Colonial Virginia, into a family of prosperous farmers. At the age of 16, Washington became a surveyor, and a year later he was appointed surveyor of Culpeper County, Virginia, his first public office. In 1752, Washington joined the colonial militia. During the French and Indian War, he won a reputation for bravery. He then returned to farming at Mount Vernon, a plantation he had inherited from his half-brother. In 1759, Washington married Martha Custis, a wealthy widow. In the same year, Washington entered the Virginia House of Burgess, where he consistently opposed unfair British taxes, and by 1774, he was one of the leading Virginian figures supporting the colonial cause. Washington was sent by Virginia to both the First and Second Continental Congresses in both 1774 and 75, and in June of 1775, Washington was appointed commander of all colonial forces. He set about forming the Continental Army, and fought with mixed results, but an American victory at Saratoga in October of 1777 prompted the French to agree to an alliance with the Americans. Although Washington's fortunes did not immediately improve, with French military and naval assistance, the tide began to turn, and on October 19th of 1781, the British Army surrendered at Yorktown. In 1787, Washington was elected president of the Constitutional Convention and used his immense influence to persuade the states to ratify the resulting Constitution. And in 1789, Washington was unanimously elected our first president. Washington faced huge challenges in welding together the individual states to establish a new nation and creating a government for that nation. Washington was also dismayed by the emergence of political parties, the Federalists and the Democratic Republicans, led by his two closest advisors, Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson, respectively. Washington wanted to retire after his first term, but was re-elected to a second term in 1792, during which he most notably succeeded in maintaining American neutrality when war broke out between Britain and France in 1793, finally normalizing diplomatic relations with Britain. That's the short biography of our first president, George Washington. Now, here's a story about George Washington. In early December of 1776, American morale was very low. The Americans had been ousted from New York by the British and their Hessian auxiliaries, and the Continental Army was forced to retreat across New Jersey. A full 90% of the Continental Army soldiers who had served at Long Island had already deserted, feeling that the cause for independence was lost, and Washington, commander-in-chief, expressed his own doubts, writing to his cousin in Virginia, I think the game 
is pretty near up. At the time, Trenton, New Jersey, a town with about a hundred houses and two main streets, was occupied by four regiments of Hessian soldiers. The American plan to retake Trenton relied on launching coordinated attacks from three directions. On December 20th, 1776, some 2,000 troops, led by General Sullivan, arrived in Washington's camp. They had been under the command of Charles Lee and had been moving slowly through northern New Jersey when Lee was captured. That same day, an additional 800 troops arrived from Fort Ticonderoga under the command of Horatio Gates. On Christmas night, Washington endeavored to lead the army across the Delaware. Each soldier carried 60 rounds of ammunition and three days of rations. When the army arrived at the shores of the Delaware, they were already behind schedule, and clouds began to form above them. It began to rain. As the air's temperature dropped, the rain changed to sleet and then to snow. The Americans began to cross the river in Durham boats, while the horses and artillery went across on large ferries. During the crossing, several men fell overboard. However, no one died during the crossing, and all the artillery pieces made it over in relatively good condition. The terrible weather conditions delayed the landings in New Jersey until 3 a.m., three hours behind schedule, ruining Washington's plans for a pre-dawn attack. Another setback occurred for the Americans, as Generals Cadwallader and Ewing, along with their troops, were unable to join the attack due to the weather conditions. Washington was left in New Jersey with half of the troops he'd planned on, just the night before. At 4 a.m., the frostbitten and fatigued soldiers began to march towards Trenton. Many of the troops didn't have boots, so they were forced to wear rags around their feet. Some of the men's feet bled, turning the snow to a dark red, and two men died on the march. After marching one and a half miles into the wind and through winding roads, they reached Jacob's Creek, where, with difficulty, the Americans made it across and split apart. At 8 a.m., Washington and his troops made first contact, attacking an outpost of Hessian troops one mile north of Trenton. Washington himself led the assault, riding in front of his soldiers. Hessian detachments made organized retreats, firing as they fell back to Trenton, where they gained covering fire from other Hessian guard companies on the outskirts of town. By the afternoon, the opposing troops were divided. They had lost their cannon and were fired upon by the Americans from three directions. The Hessians' formations broke, and they began to scatter after their commander was mortally wounded. Washington led the troops into the final charge while yelling, March on, my brave fellows, after me! Most of the Hessians retreated into an orchard with the Americans in close pursuit, but were quickly surrounded, and the Hessians were offered terms of surrender, to which they agreed. A week later, Washington would once again personally lead his troops at the Battle of Princeton. Washington was only 30 yards from the British lines when he ordered his men to fire. When both sides fired, Washington disappeared in the smoke. When the smoke cleared, Washington was unharmed, but the British regulars had broken. Washington then ordered a charge and headed directly toward the British troops, yelling at his own soldiers to rally behind him. The British retreated, and they fled. 
Washington's willingness to lead his troops from the front while shots from British sharpshooters and his own men flew across the battlefield around him inspired the American forces to hold together throughout the entire war. A young officer who observed Washington in combat at the Battle of Princeton wrote, I saw him brave all the dangers of the field, with a thousand deaths flying around him. The sight of his commander-in-chief, he said, set an example of courage such as he had never seen. Now that's what I call a president. President George Washington died in Mount Vernon, Virginia, on December 14th of 1799. He was 67 years old. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.